Hey, welcome to the X Podcast. You are listening in to episode. You'll need to look we and see which number because we are know. not sure. But I am it's sitting here. One something. Yes. Hold on. We'll tell you. I'll tell you. We'll tell you in just a moment. Yeah. One fifty three. One fifty three. If you're listening and not watching, the soothing radio voices you hear yeah. is the other Moore, Mr. Tim Moore, yeah. and Zachary. Hello. Brown is back at the table. I'm here. That'd be the, that'd be the sick Moore. I'm sorry. The sick Sycamore. 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 Oh, are you sick still? Well, I mean, I'm get, I'm better feeling, but I still have residual depth in my voice. But God did a miracle. Mm. You got your voice back for Sunday. I did, and because I had zero voice on Thursday, I it talked was, to you on the yes, phone. It was bad. I love it. I try to talk, and nothing's coming out. I mean, it was so bad. It so. was a little comical. <clears throat> uh well, how are you, gentlemen? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Very good. Very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. This week's been fun. We've had, um, first time that I remember, we've had kind of a little bit of a staff retreat. Got away mm-hmm. for a couple of days, got some vision. Staff conference. Staff conference. Con- con- conference. Conference. <laughs> and uh, really. anyways, uh, we're going to dive right in today because to be honest, there it's been a heavy week. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some things we want to process and uh, for lack of better terms, uh, just spend some time in reaction to what's been unfolding over the last week in Israel and Palestine and uh, the horrific uh, attack and massacre and just wade through all of it. Just for context, I was thinking about this earlier, and then, um, Zach, you just brought it up. I believe it's episode 39. Yep. Episode 39, of course, that region, as long as any of us have been alive, has been um, hostile and turbulent. But uh, the last time there was a like newsworthy breakout of violence uh, between Palestine and Israel. Uh, We did an episode on it and just really talked about the broader lens of Mm -hmm. everything Israel and Palestine and some of the historic context and even how followers of Jesus view Israel today, all the things. So that's episode 39 if you want to go back and binge that. Um, But this is different. Mm -hmm. Hamas uh, attacked Israel. And I think you sent... I'm I'm usually not on the news on Saturday, and you sent um, an article to me and him. So I know it's a big question, but first reactions uh, when you saw it, what you felt, what went through your mind? Uh, when I first saw it, I just remember sitting in shock, like, "Oh my! Like, is this something else that's happening in our world?" I mean, it just seems like we're just going from conflict to conflict. You have Russia and Ukraine now. You have Israel and Palestine erupting in probably the biggest conflict um, since what they say, the Yom Kippur war, like 50 years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you just start like, you know, bits and pieces start coming in and you're checking in throughout the day and you just see the numbers rising in terms of dead and wounded. And then you, st- you start to see the stories come out and, you know, I don't want to get into all the details here. I'm sure if you've read the news or seen the news or if you haven't go read, I mean, just what's, being done is just terrible. Mm-hmm. And I just remember sitting there thinking like this, this could change everything for that region mm-hmm. um, in terms of its trajectory and where it was going and, and, and what was being done. And I just remember thinking, gosh, this is, this is big. Mm-hmm. It's not, not just something little, but this is, this is going to change everything. Yeah. What about you? Mm. Well, when you what? When was it that you first? When did we first hear about it? Was it Friday night? No, it was Saturday. It was Saturday night. 
No, morning. So, so the attacks... They happened overnight, Saturday in Israel. Yes, but then... Which would be Friday night here. Friday night here, but then really the world started to become aware well, of Saturday it. Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Yeah. So when you had sent that to me, and um, it like it, rid, it really hit home just because my wife's parents were over there. Yeah, and, it's crazy. And so we kind of texted them immediately. And like, uh, you know, I think almost within... When you sent that to me, and I'm talking to her about it, I think we heard from her parents. Like, it was almost exact same time. Like, this is going on. Yeah, they're like, you guys heard what's going on? Yeah, we have. And so that was that was kind of crazy. And they're, they're you know, telling us they were at Ashdod at the time when they first reached out to us. So it would have been Saturday. And um, Ashdod was, um, I think it's maybe 20 miles north of Gaza. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because the day before that, so the day before the attacks happened Friday, mm-hmm. they were in Ashkelon, which is right by Gaza, mm-hmm. um, the just just north of it a little bit, and it was one of the first towns that got like major mm-hmm. kind of towns or cities that got attacked by Hamas when they broke through the barriers there, and so it, I mean we're just very grateful because they were literally in that town. They went to a church to visit with a church that was in Ashkelon. It's crazy. Uh, met with yeah. the, the pastor and some of the ones that were there. They they were just doing things with that church. Um, and literally they left and went to Ashdod just a little bit further up and were stay, stayed in a hotel that night. Mm. And so, I mean, they're, you know, you we're literally looking at scenes on the you know news of things on fire in Ashkelon and all that and they're like we were just there literally hours mm. before this happened. That's so nuts. That's and crazy. and to see that the amount of people that they not only came and brutally murdered but also were taken hostage, you can imagine any American yeah. they get their hands on they're gonna take hostage. Yeah. yeah. Um and so I think we were very grateful that mm. they missed that. And at the same time they're sending us videos, you know, like, oh we're they're Air sirens are going off. I think I sent them to you yeah, guys. You yeah. can see helicopters flying over. You can see lights going through the air. It's like, I think that's the rockets, the dome happening, dome. and yeah. like rockets are going up to mm-hmm. neutralize. I mean, like it's just pretty insane. So, mm-hmm. they're they're um, it's going to be wild to kind of hear their story firsthand of being mm-hmm. there. Um, and we're really grateful that they were able to get out. There was they spent the night there, and Sunday morning they went to. Um, they were able to, luckily they had a friend who, um, they were with uh, some pastors, they were Russian pastors of church that they helped plant years and years ago, helped start. And they had a friend who was a, a Russian friend who is a travel agent and was able to get them flights to Turkey. Oh, wow. Istanbul, because it, you couldn't get flights anywhere. No. I mean, they were all booked up. And the U.S. stopped all flights in and out of Tel Aviv. So mm-hmm. the only way you're getting out was to fly to a neighboring country or nation and then fly, fly out. And so, um, you know, we're just, we're grateful and relieved that they were able to get on a flight and get to Turkey. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was, I think my first reaction was kind of like, oh, they're there. And we had some other people from our, you know, another person from our church committee. So I'm just like, are they okay? Going to be okay. Yeah. And then after that, I think once we knew they were, I think just in the news reports came in, um, for some reason, because I remember we did this conversation and we talked Mm -hmm. about it, you know, two years ago. It, this just felt different just yeah. in so many ways. That conflict is not new. I mean, you go back to 2007, mm-hmm. and eight, they had a major conflict that created the mm-hmm. barricades and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This just felt different. Yeah. It, 
and it was just brutal. And then as more and more reports came out of just the brutality of what they were doing, this was not a group of people. It didn't seem like a group of people. I couldn't tell what their goal is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. That's what I'm still a little bit confused by, by the tactics. I think a, a group like Hamas, they have to know that they are outsized, mm-hmm. outmanned, outgunned, out mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. by Israel. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just like trying to go, what is the end goal? Mm-hmm. And so then my mind starts just going into all kinds of like geopolitical connections. And it's like Iran and this, is this starting a war? Is this, mm-hmm. you know, and just, and I, and I really did think, I was like, this could mm-hmm. absolutely become World War III. Mm-hmm. Yep. This 100% could lead the U.S. Yeah. ascending carrier down and weapons and i'm like if iran jumps into this or who knows what egypt will do in this like Mm -hmm. i'm like this is gonna turn out to be something big yeah Yeah, i think just on that note i think and maybe this will kind of launch us into like how this is different I'll, i'll tell you for me the processing came in waves so you sent the article and i didn't click on it yet i sometimes i break it but i have kind of a strict rule that like on my quote unquote soul day i usually try to off social media youtube and news but i clicked on it enough to see the headline which was president benjamin netanyahu says we are at war Mm -hmm. and i was like oh holy crap um but to be honest, it still didn't set in. Yeah. And, and this, th- maybe as I unpack this, I'll show you how kind of I processed, is I got a text from Tucker that night. And he said, hey, should we post? Mm-hmm. Talking about, you know, Israel and Palestine. And since I didn't know any of the details yet, I said, hey, let's hold off. One, I wanted to know some of the details. And number two, to be honest, my mind went back to, again, episode 39, mm-hmm. what we unpacked last time. Mm-hmm. Which is, and again, we won't get into a ton of it right now, but... Hamas aside, I feel like at times Israel and Palestine uh, becomes a very polarizing issue where people don't see uh, a lot of the nuance and humanity on both sides. Right. Um, let's just be honest. People on the far left tend to kind of romanticize Palestine, and, and some of it is from a noble place of wanting to empathize with what they see as the marginalized, the oppressed, the victimized. And then in my view, again, not to get all controversial, but in somewhat of, I think, a, a misunderstanding um, and a, an exaggerated interpretation of how God views the children of Israel in modern day government, um, the nation of Israel. I think sometimes Christians tend to just give a blank um, slate uh, to defend, justify whatever the government and military of the modern nation of Israel does. And sometimes it's just, I stand with Palestine or I stand with Israel. And so when we did our podcast, you know, I think it was a couple of years ago, we kind of came, kind of our motto was we stand with humanity. Yeah. Like we stand with people on both sides that are victimized and empathized and Jesus died for them all. Um, and so that's kind of where my mind was. And that is how my mind still views the broader conversation. But then as the details unfold and you realize oh, there is no distinction. There, there, there's no similarity um, in comparison of the struggle of the Jews and the Palestinians in comparison with what Hamas did as, let's just be honest, an ISIS-style, mm-hmm. yeah. savage, yeah. brutal, mass murder, mass rape, things that we probably won't repeat on this podcast mm-hmm. of what they've done to women, to babies, to the elderly. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and so whereas... My posture then was more of like a frustration of how people just 
didn't see any nuance, didn't take into consideration any context, didn't have any empathy for both sides. My frustration now, the more the details have emerged, is this frustration of people creating false equivalencies yeah. and not having the nerve to call evil evil. And it's created some interesting dialogue, I think, um, in our country. It's really interesting because, you know, um, regardless of how you feel about him, um, President Biden, a lot of people have come out and said that he's actually made some of the strongest yeah. yep. condemning remarks against terrorism of any country, of any president since the 90s. Mm-hmm. Just a strong statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but, he, it, it, and so it's interesting. I've, I've watched people on both sides, um, even liberal reporters. Uh, I watched somebody on MSNBC, uh, which I don't watch MSNBC, but this I thought this was interesting. There was somebody on there that was being interviewed, and he called out MSNBC. And in the middle of the interview, basically called out one of the MSNBC hosts and said, I don't know who is giving you guys the scripts, but it sounds like it's Hamas. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. And um, he looked into the camera and he said, yeah. uh, I just want to be really direct. This is a terrorist organization. Yeah. Yeah. And they are murdering innocent civilians. And there is no subtle justification for what's happening. Yeah. But then you flip on the news and you see in New York. There's like pro Hamas rallies. I, I saw. Yeah. I was reading a statement this morning by pro Hamas, um, uh, pro Palestine, pro Palestine. No, but that it, but it broke into hmm. championing what happened, and because there was a, was it the um, Israeli ambassador or somebody in New York, one of the Jewish leaders. Okay, well, I, I was reading a statement by him this morning where he just said he just cried, could not believe his ears and eyes hmm. at watching a protest in New York of people cheering what happened. Yeah. There have been, I've heard of, I think here in Columbus, almost every major city, there's been like rallies for like, oh, we support Israel, we support Palestine, mm-hmm. we support, you know what I mean? I've not heard much of pro-Hamas, but, yeah, I've not I, heard but it does, I don't, I don't know that I'd be surprised. I think, you know, well, it, it just seems like people have mm-hmm. naturally just either because of, I don't know, maybe ties, maybe narratives, maybe whatever, have just kind of fallen into a camp and it's almost like, like you said, like I don't mm. as much as uh, there I have an affinity for Israel for mm. I mentioned this back in episode thirty nine. I have mm. an affinity from Israel from my faith context because mm. I spent so much right. of my life reading the Bible and it's the story of the Old Testament mm-hmm. is really the story of Israel. And it was God choosing them to eventually bring Jesus as the fulfillment mm-hmm. of that. Um, so there's that natural kind of yeah. spiritual affinity, but then there's also, you know, the fact that I'm Jewish. It's funny because my my um my wife's mom was over there. Uh, she's over there in Israel. She texted me at one point, and I knew this because when I went on my trip in 2018 to Israel, mm-hmm. and she said, "Hey, did you know that you could you could get um, Israeli citizenship if you want because <laughs> your mom's <laughs> Jewish?" And and I, I knew that when I was over there. Yeah. They actually make it. It's not that difficult if you can just mm-hmm. show that like your mom is Jewish, mm-hmm. which would not be hard for me to prove then you can claim and get uh, Israeli citizenship. And on the flip side. And then I'm like, yeah, and I also would have to sign up and go to the Army (laughs) for two years, and I'm too old to be doing that kind of stuff, let alone don't want to do it. And also, the other thing is, not not just from a spiritual standpoint, you and I have been to Israel. Yeah. And when you walk the streets and you meet the people, there's something that gets in you. Oh, absolutely. And um, on the flip side of what you say, and I'm sure you know this, but it's interesting, like, if you're an American-born Jew— there's a program, I think it still exists, where they will yes. fly you over and you can come stay in Israel for is it a year, two years, and they'll 
like pay for your time oh, there. Cool. At one point, they were. This was, I think, I think this was like two decades ago or something. At one point, they were offering for any Americans that are Jewish Americans or whatever they wanted to come back and get mm. citizenship, they would give you property. Yeah. Mm. They were giving you land. Yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah. You know, and well, so they wanted people to move back mm. to Israel. What I was going to say was, you know, I've seen the rallies in support of pro-Palestinian movement or whatever. I've not seen so much the pro-Hamas, but there is, you were talking about some of the the narrative or whatever mm. being lost. There's some sort of joining of like Hamas as somehow pro-Palestinian freedom fighters. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where some of that... But at the same time, maybe, not interrupt you. maybe what I mean more is what people are saying is in a lot of those rallies, the line gets easily blurred. Yeah, yes. Because they're having these rallies in the wake of a Hamas terrorist attack. Yeah. Yes. yes. And like you said, the blurring of other oh, freedom fighters. Correct. Yes. I think that's where it's coming from. I, but it, I was just reading another article um, before we came on this podcast talking about how around the world, um, the Eiffel Tower. Um, in New York City, uh, Sydney, Australia, um, the Opera House, places lit up in the blue and white of the Israeli flag. So mm-hmm. they, they also say that right now across the world, there is a united mm-hmm. yeah. show of support yeah. for Israel that we probably have not seen globally it's true. in some time. It's true. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what Israel does with the mm. moment yes. right now in terms of what happens next in the conflict. Yeah, it's, I, I sent you guys a text, and again, there, there, we're, I, we always know we're in dangerous territory when we talk about Israel because there's so many passionate things on each side. But um, number one, to your point, not only is there so much global support, which I think is such a great thing, on a humanitarian side, on just a human side, the unfortunate thing is what Hamas has done in that blurring of lines is actually hurting support for legitimate uh, frustrations and pains that the Palestinian people may feel. Right. Let's just be, when, when, we talk, when you talk about Palestine and Israel, this is where we just have to be honest. Like, neither side is perfect. Mm-hmm. And there are grievances on both sides. It is a tragic, broken, and very complicated situation. All you have to do is look at the history of it. Mm-hmm. And there are... That's the thing about war. There are there's all the innocent everyday people caught up in the middle of this, and unfortunately, I think you have a lot of people that are very oppressed. That what is happening in this moment is actually delegitimizing any valid points they have. Yeah, yeah. I want to come back to that, but before I do, did did you see what Putin said today? No, (laughs) can only imagine. I can't imagine. Putin came out today, and he was addressing like Russian Parliament or whatever, and and he was like. As a nation, Russia says that uh, Israel and Palestine need to be careful not to kill innocent civilians. <laughs> <And what they're laughs> well, doing. that's the pot calling the kettle black. I don't. That, okay. How do you intelligently respond to that? No, you can't. <laughs> I I, I've got to say, I again, what I was saying before, this is I don't go on a little bit of a, a trail. The, I'm not at all like a conspiratorial person. Like, I, I really laugh at most conspiracy theories like i just don't go down that road very much and yeah when i look at even this kind of i don't know this surprising um attack it's like hamas came in you know they fooled everybody with intelligence i mean which was a new thing Mm -hmm. and including u.s intelligence and the surprise attack 
and they come through not with rockets but just also also with ground and all of a sudden they go they get so far into towns mm. get beat back pretty quickly mm-hmm. i mean they've israel's secured everything along the the gaza strip uh, already i mean yeah. it didn't take long for israel to do it like i i keep i don't know i just keep going back and go what is the end game like what there why do this now there's been tension for years two years since the last one why do this now and i just keep going like oh and so there's all kinds of theories out there there's mm-hmm. you know egypt saudi arabia and well, israel were in in talks but Biden administration is a part of in talks of, of of some type of agreements that would potentially hurt iran and or palestine i think the language i read was talking about normalizing mm-hmm. israeli and in particular saudi arabia but arab relations yes so that it would, it's normal that hey, we're going to exist and coexist, and there's going to be trade and and normal relations yeah. back and forth between us. That and was kind of the goal. And so, so then you hear that, and they, but Iran would be one that would potentially be hurt from that because it could affect shipping for Correct. Iran, for Gaza, for a lot. So then you start going. I think okay, you were talking about is, building a on that note, yeah. uh, a network like a um, yeah. uh, a railroad and transportation stuff from Egypt through Israel to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And, connect and so and so, you know, what, then you start to go. Okay, it was Iran who has a history of supporting both financially and other things, Hamas mm-hmm. and the other organizations. You got in Lebanon, what's going on? You got attacks coming over from Hezbollah to yep. northern part of Israel. So now they're getting it on both fronts, and Israel, you know, and and so you. Then I think, and then I follow the breadcrumb. <laughs> to Russia because Russia and Iran have a connection and have had one for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then you go, man, wouldn't this benefit Russia for us to have to divert all of, which I told you that. And then yes. there was an article that came out after, like I was like, for us to divert all of our uh, help mm-hmm. from Ukraine over to Israel, it's does true. that not help Russia? So I start putting all them like, because I'm just like, if you're a small, even terrorist organization like this, like what do you, what is your goal? Because now Israel's going because they control most of the infrastructure to Gaza. Mm-hmm. So now they're wiping out all the infrastructure to take them out. Power, it's hurting all of the people, the yeah. citizens in Palestine that don't want, it, you know, mm-hmm. want this. But and I think well, I, just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, I maybe I can't get in the head of Hamas. Well, I, that's well, hard. To but, do. but I mean, don't overthink it, right? Like I, I think I also sent you both another article that that said. Hey, when Hamas tells you who they are, yeah. like you need to believe them, mm-hmm. and it, it it literally broke down the Hamas charter, which originated in 1988, and then it was changed slightly in 2017. But basically, in summary, the article had kind of had four main points. But um, you know, Hamas, their whole existence is predicated upon the destruction of Israel. Mm-hmm. That's why they exist. Yeah, but this is not going to destroy Israel. But it's a but it's, but, but, it's but a in, symbol. It's a fight. You're, see, this is where yeah. I think you and I disagree a little bit because I think you like, think it will? well, no, what I because you said you feel like almost all this is geopolitical. Yeah, and I don't think it's as much a holy war. To as Zach's I do. point, I think I, this, I think it's an unholy they have an ideological standpoint. Yes. yes, or in game ideological in game, and even if they don't think it's going to work, I mean, think about it like. Think about a lot of the suicide bombers. It's like, oh, sure. was, was that efficient? But their go- their ideological goal is to either um, have victory or be a martyr. Mm-hmm. So either th- and and you get desperate enough. And I mean, let's be honest. This fight, um, at least this land fight, has been going on for a hundred years in this way almost. Mm-hmm. Um, like at some point, you're going to get desperate and you're just going to go for it. 
I, you think that's what happened? I think it's. I, I, I think just happened. Like, I caused this to go now. Usually, there's something, and the excuses that they gave did not seem to equate. I just think there's an ideological. I think there's an ideological end game, and then you have strategic timing. This was a 50 year anniversary of their latest yes, big, big attack. This is on a Jewish holiday. Oh, yeah, it was a big this, Jewish holiday. There's going to be yeah. festival goers. Yeah. It's going to be an easy target. I, I, I absolutely believe Iran helped mastermind this behind the scenes. Hey, now, wait a minute. U.S. intelligence said they don't have. Well, no, U.S. intelligence didn't even know it was going to happen. <laughs> I know. I just, and, and, and you finish because you're talking about that. Because I think what you said is very important to understand because it's very similar to Iran's charter. Well, so, so it's their charter states we're going to go for the destruction of Israel. Um, and the way that we're going to do that is through a jihad, through a holy war. And then there, in, in Hamas's charter, there's no room for accepting any sort of compromise, mm-hmm. negotiation. I think what's been the, the, the U.S. policy towards the whole situation for a long time. I mean, go back to, was it the Oslo Accords and, mm-hmm. and Clinton tried to have Yasser Arafat come and was the creation of a, a two-state system where you have a Palestine state. Hamas will not accept that. Mm-hmm. They won't even consider, mm-hmm. they'll reject any sort of treaty or compromise outright. With The article said without even looking at it mm-hmm. because it's compromising and allowing Israel to exist. So yeah. there's something... I, Religiously, that land is part of their holy value. Correct. And what, for anybody to be on it and for them tonight fight for it and kill those that are sure. on it is against the values of their own religion. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to an extent, what what I would say as well is that the the thing that you hear too from a lot of Muslims around the world is that Hamas does not represent their religion. Mm-hmm. That's that's where there's I think you know some blurred lines between what you know. And again, it's probably taking they take yeah. their religion and then there's people who take it to the extreme, just like there are mm-hmm. in a lot of different ones. Absolutely. And that's what yeah. you that's what you find yeah. with Hamas. This it's, is a very extre- it's an extreme. It terrorist version of this yeah i'm i'm whenever we talk about that i'm conflicted because i think um i want to be careful here obviously i'm biased i follow jesus i Mm -hmm. and there's a reason i follow jesus and if you want to call it quote-unquote religion i would call it a movement or relationship but when you compare the origins and the leaders of uh the the way of jesus with islam they're diametrically opposed Mm -hmm. um you know jesus uh, said he, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Um, the whole movement of the way of Jesus was spread through nonviolence and peace and generosity and kindness. Uh, the origin and spread of Islam was the opposite. Yeah. Having said that, to your point, especially, I mean, this is fresh. And I, and I've felt this way for a long time, but especially fresh coming back from Egypt and spending a week with some of the most wonderful people on the planet. Mm-hmm. To your point, yes, the vast, this is so important for people to understand, the vast majority of Muslims in the world are wonderful, peace-loving people yeah. who would say that does not represent me at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That does not represent my way of life. It's it's fascinating. Speaking of Egypt, this says, and I'm sure you guys know this, this is already filtered over oh, into yeah. Egypt. Oh yeah. Um, well, they have blockades, not letting people from, and they yeah, have the, for a long the, time. The crossing between there's no, Gaza there's not been and crossing. Egypt. Well, not just that though. So I think I told you when I was in Egypt. It's funny. I googled like terrorist threat. And the one place we weren't allowed to go, or actually, I don't know how I got to this, but I Googled, like, is, is Egypt safe? And yeah. it said, reconsider travel. Um, and the main reason was because of the Sinai Peninsula, which that's the whole, the whole history of how that yeah. even got shifted over is interesting. But the northern part of the Sinai Peninsula mm-hmm. um, is where you still have parts of ISIS um, and uh, Islamic terrorists. 
And, and so, and so I, I thought that was interesting. Well, then somebody that's close to me, um, uh, she's about to go to Egypt in two weeks. And she texted me yesterday and she said, hey, it looks like the trip might be on hold. Yeah, because I don't Alexandria, where, which was the, where the first church in Egypt mm-hmm. was birthed, uh, there was just an attack there. And I had read two days before she texted me that a tour guide and the two uh, people that were with him on the tour were killed just three days ago in Egypt on the Sinai Peninsula. So, like, the violence has already spread, and there's already, I think, been an emboldening of extremists yeah. Yeah. already in Egypt. Yeah, I would not travel to that area. If, I didn't know yeah. this, but Hamas actually came from the Egyptian Islamic Brotherhood. Brotherhood. That, that, mm-hmm. that was the roots mm-hmm. of where Hamas came from was actually from Egypt. Mm-hmm. So, And they have the same mm-hmm. principles, same. Yep. Yep. I, yep. I think it, what's... What's um, it's interesting that whenever people, you know, if you remove the most recent violent and atrocious acts that have been taking place, that you know, really, they affect you emotionally mm-hmm. when you yeah. so that you naturally go, oh God, like, you know, it just kind of solidifies. Okay, I'm pro-Israel, like you said, or yeah. you know, around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, when you just step back a little bit, try to remove any of that, and look at the history. It's funny to me because whichever side people try to like argue for and support mm-hmm. yeah. usually is determined by how far they'll go back in history. Yes. <laughs> True. So, mm-hmm. so True. you know, the people that are pro-Palestine, were, they're going back to, you know, World War II where, you know, the world felt terrible for the Jews with the Holocaust and mm-hmm. said, oh, well, hold on, let's give, you need to give your own nation mm-hmm. and your land. And many of the Palestinians who generations mm-hmm. uh, grew up the in where is land. now Israel, Israel. Yeah. were basically kicked out or mm-hmm. said, hey, th- these, you know. And so for them, I, like, I, I think the, the anger and the we're talking for, you know, 60, 70 years is going on is just feeling like we just got kicked out of our own country, yeah. our own land. That's yeah. I think that I think some of that on top of the ideological stuff you know, conflict it yeah. is, is behind a lot of this. And so you get people who support them and they're like, just look what happened in 1947, you know, 48. And then there's other people go in and go, well, this mm-hmm. goes back a lot further than that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you got the people of Israel um, and, um, you know, Christians who would say, well, I read the Bible and God gave Abraham this land mm-hmm. and they had to go take it by force. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they did, and it's, so this is their land, and so this has just been, it's been a two plus thousand year battle yeah, over I, this land, more than two thousand years. It's uh three thousand years. Kind of, you know, to frame the template I shared at the beginning, I, I think there's appropriate times to have the larger conversation mm-hmm. and bring in the context, mm-hmm. um, while also realizing that there's an inappropriate time to create false equivalencies and not call evil evil. Yes. But in the context of the larger conversation, to your point, I don't know why the thought that came to me in my mind, I think you told me the first year you met me that my mind works in threes. (laughs) The the thought Mm. that came to me driving here was um, one of the many reasons that this complex issue is so, it just feels like no one can untether it and Mm -hmm. resolve it is because it's, Ancient, historic, and modern. 
So it's, I mean, this goes back. We could go back all the way back to, you know, Ishmael, Ishmael and Isaac. And Isaac and, I mean, this is, the roots of this are millennia long and religious and it's just so deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, not, not to spend a whole lot of time there, but historically, we really, when we're talking about the land from a, from a modern history standpoint, we think about it's 100 years. Right, so like a mm-hmm. hundred years ago, it's the Ottoman Empire, mm-hmm. and it really is a bunch of diverse religions around there. But about that time, um, in that eastern part of the Mediterranean in Palestine, Israel, the ethnic Arabs begin getting this distinct uh, nationality, this distinct feeling of their own people groups, the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. That's and then at the same time, the Jews. That's when this whole idea of Zionism of hey, we're not just a religion. But we need to have our own nationality, our own land. Yeah, yeah. So tens of thousands of Jews start coming oh, over. Right. And so you have all that. But then in the 30s, you have the British Empire. And for a while, they let the Jews in. But then there's this tension begins to grow between now the Palestinians and the Jews. Well, enter World War One, and then World War Two. Well, then the UN comes in and says, all right, well, the Jews... And, and you can relate to this if you're a Jew. You're like, okay, you have all these other Muslim Arab lands. The Jews don't have their own land. Yep. We're going to create a place, this two-state thing where we have... Israel and Palestine. Well, maybe understandably, a lot of Arabs and Muslims feel like, well, this is just another version of of European colonialism. And we also think that land's holy. We also think that land's ours. And then, and this is where we just got to be honest, especially if we say, hey, we support Israel. If we're on that side, we just got to be honest. Like, after the... British Charter. After the British Charter and after the UN and, and after all that, I mean, slowly, bit by bit, Israel has been pushing out, pushing out their borders, expanding their land, expelling Palestinians. You have the Arab Spring War, which after that, I mean, I mean, Israel expelled thousands of Palestinians. Uh, it took the Golan Heights, took part of Gaza, and then you have another war. I don't know, was like Yom 10, Kippur. Yeah, and so through all that, and I just think it's important for us if we're going to consider the broader context mm-hmm. um, outside of the terrorist, which there's no. If you find yourself even subtly justifying anything that's happened yeah. this past week, uh, you need to step out of the conversation because that's a, that's a tone deaf and um, yeah. and unreasonable um, and in my mind horrible <laughs> road to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the broader conversation, I just think it's important to realize: like you look at it, and innocent people, Palestinians didn't ask to be born there. Mm-mm. They're in a place where. The, I think they say it's the most densely populated place on Earth. On oh, Earth, yeah, right? Yeah, two, two million people, people within, like it's about double the size of Washington D.C. Yeah, and, which is not very big within the within the you know small area, and most in extreme poverty, desperate situation. Their land's been siphoned off more and more and more throughout the decades, and they feel controlled mm-hmm. and. Israel would say, hey, here's justifiably why we react so strongly. They have a history mm-hmm. of trauma Terrorist. and holocaust and terrorism and being attacked by all the enemies of the world. So they have their own reason. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard it when I've been to Israel. They have their own psyche and psychological way they process their response to the rest of the world. But then if you're just a Palestinian trying to make a living, yeah. you got your own. And I just think it's so important. And even speaking in the context, then again, if you're a Jew, because they said this is their 9-11 yeah. Yeah. Um, when you look at the population of Jews, I, I saw a stat this morning that, that said um, what happened on like day one of this slaughter by Hamas would be equivalent to forty-four thousand Americans yeah. Yeah. being yeah. killed in a single day. Yeah. For, I mean that. 
That is their 9-11. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think I think all of that's so important to when, when we try to uh, make this simplistic. Mm-hmm. What's simple and what is clear is the evil that's happened this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's not simplistic is the broader conversation of, okay, how do we move forward? Yeah. Take a moss aside. Yeah. A moss needs to end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Palestinians and Jews, the normal people just trying to live life. I have a feeling Israel is going to end make Hamas. sure that Hamas ends by the yeah. time they're done, yeah. which I don't, you can't, I don't think you can ever stamp that out completely. They'll escape out. To, you know, it lives everywhere. But yeah. I, that's my, I think we all, all feel that. All the reports are. Benjamin that Netanyahu said, like, no, we're going to finish this. We're done. Well, yeah. it also is coming at a time where. I don't know how much you guys have been following what's been happening, but the Israeli government itself has been kind of having its own crisis identity mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. with, um, I can't say his last name, Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu. They, Netanyahu. They've been kind of He's leaning more. Say yeah, I can't Benjamin say it. Netanyahu. Well, I can't say it now. Benjamin Netanyahu. Netanyahu. Anyways, <laughs> they've been going more conservative. Netanyahu. There's a lot of questions about how this could even happen in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what uh, all eyes are on him. And I think he's looking to make a statement with his response well, towards this. I, I think it's like, if you imagine like a Pearl Harbor type thing happening or a nine 11 thing happening again, as divided as we are, we would probably come together real fast. Mm-hmm. That's probably yeah, what And doing. that's what's happening. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, that happens every time there is, you know. And you, it's like, but I've it's seen like some, when the person on the uh, across the aisle politically is your enemy, yeah. And then you actually have a real enemy from outside come in; they become yeah. your friend. Yeah. And yeah. so I think you're probably seeing that with Israel. I've seen some even some extremism though, like the, they're I think they're um, the equivalent of like their chief of staff, so like their defense secretary um, said that that they need to hold. Like nothing back. Use like their oh, Jericho yeah. missile systems. Like use their nukes. Like I mean, they need to do everything mm-hmm. they can do to take out. And I think that's the the sad reality and the, the thing that does. War is just really ugly. Yeah. It, and there is, it's never neat, clean. Like you were saying, it's like before in your text, and it's like, you know that. Well, it feels like they're being indiscriminate right now. Israel's response. It it feels like it. I I don't, I think it's harder than we imagined to be discriminate in war. Because you have tunnels and terrorists that are embedded in the society. They did that before, like two years ago. They were hiding out and launching rockets from schools where they have kids and, you know, people. But it's almost like I would say, like, Israel, don't, like, become them, which they're never going to become them. But but, but to that point, what I I saw some reporting today that said, like, the IDF, Israeli Defense Force, and and other ones, they're. They're sending messages yes. right now. They've been telling them to Gaza, yes. like to the civilians, and yes. saying whatever you can do, Getting get away them. from mm-hmm. like, like known Hamas yeah. places. No, like where, where you know they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're uh, trying. I just think it's. I think when you, we've seen this as well with Russia and Ukraine, mm-hmm. and I think Russia doesn't care as much about obviously impacting civilians in there, but. I just I think it's really hard. Even when Ukraine has been able to respond mm-hmm. and trying to lob missiles back over at Russia and certain things, um, I, I, there's still civilian casualties. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's casualty of war. Yes. It's, you know, and so I, I do think that Israel has tried with that. I've also seen that they've tried to say for recently too. 
if you're in Palestine and you can get out, get out through Egypt because they won't let them into Israel. They That's just, a whole other issue. But They just actually destroyed, the Israeli Air Force destroyed the last mm-hmm. bridge, I think, between they, Gaza Strip and Egypt. Egypt. Yes, I think so. There's so there's nothing, there's they had, no way for them to get out. They now. attacked it. There is talk, though, I, again, I don't know if this was before that or after that, of with Egypt, I think, of trying to create a humanitarian corridor for people to get out mm. with the right kind of papers and other things. Mm. But, you know, there's so much risk mm. in that. I'm just saying there's risk in that whenever you have any of that. That's yeah. that you get Hamas military sl- slipping out mm. in, into that, which, you know. So it, but, it's just way more complicated. I think that they are trying because of all of those things, but I also think that they're not holding back on yeah. if they think it, there's a, a site or they like or have their mm-hmm. intel says, mm-hmm. no, this is where Hamas, this is where tunnels yeah. are, this is where they launch stuff. They're yeah. firing at. Oh, do, you think, do you think Israel's mm-hmm. going to stay in Gaza, though? Yes. You think they're going to go? I think in, they're going to infiltrate. I think the whole gonna, map's going to change and off they're this. Gonna stay I think there. they're going to infiltrate oh, 100%. I don't think they're going to go in and just try and take out Hamas and then leave. I do not think just because of the when I just try to get into the psychology of the peoples that we're talking about in Israel and Palestine, mm-hmm. I, I think they're mm-hmm. like, we are going to continue dealing. We had it in 2007, eight. We dealt with it. Yom Kippur. I think that I think this is going to embolden them to Will say, they do the and same I think thing? I think they're going to go door to door, which is what they had to do in 2007, eight. Mm-hmm. I was watching a, um, an interview with a, a guy who's he's here in American who was in the military then. And it had to do a lot of that because he was talking about what it's like doing the door-to-door type. And he says it's very dangerous. Oh, yeah. But you're basically going door-to-door, clearing every single house, looking for Hamas. Yeah. And so you're, you imagine, you're probably using Palestinians as shields. There's, mm-hmm. He said there are booby traps everywhere. He said you, you're just hoping to not get abducted. Mm-hmm. Because it's bad if you get abducted. Well, <laughs> you know what imagine, I mean? Like, yeah. and just, but Do you do the same thing in West Bank? I don't. I don't think so. I think their bigger issue is Lebanon. I think they're, mm-hmm. I don't think, they're West Bank, there's yeah. almost nothing, in, like, West Bank, there's almost nothing there. There's not much of a military force. I've driven, you know, our tour, we went through West Bank. It's mostly desert and whatever else area. That's I still think a it's, semi-dangerous it's, area. I'm surprised y'all went near West Bank. Yeah, we did. We drove through West Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hezbollah, you know, I mean, they just, they just moved 10,000 troops and they called up, you know, all reserves, anybody. They just called them all up and they're mm-hmm. just sending a, a, a troop force up to secure mm-hmm. uh, the northern border. I read there was two things that came out just today, right before we came on, that IDF said that there was reporting of um, either Lebanese or Hezbollah aircraft in Israeli territory. Uh, and also hospitals are being prepped in the north for yeah. casualties and, and different things like that. See, it would actually yeah. make more sense to me that a second wave of attack happens from the north in Hezbollah. Mm-hmm. But this is where but I go back and I now? keep thinking. Not well, when they're they, dug in. I mean, they're, they're doing yeah. a few things I, that's now. That's where but, it makes me wonder if there's more coordinated than we think. But so, See, here, here's where, <laughs> I, 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 again, here's where your just, conspiracy theory I, I, would, would be... <laughs> I, I would struggle with because you forget there's always there's also this um, for the U.S. uncomfortably close relationship between Russia and Israel. Is there? I don't think there's that close of a relationship I'm not, I'm not, between oh, Russia and Israel. That's kind of that's oh, a yeah. surprise mm-hmm. to me. Like, uh-huh. I've, I've watched like because I, I read reports even just a few months ago where the U.S. like it like they've had tense conversations 
I mean, Lydia fact checked me on this, but I remember like reading there's tense conversations even right between um, President Biden and uh, Netanyahu because they've, I don't think. Well, that's part of some of the stuff that's been happening in Israel. They, they, they've elected the most far right, conservative, mm-hmm. almost like uh, it would be um, populist or populist government movement in Israel history. Mm-hmm. And it would not surprise me that Russia is trying to buddy buddy up to that. Well, kind of government. I don't think Israel. So we'll say this. Just the first thing I pulled up said that when Netanyahu became the prime minister, uh, Israel maintained its relations with the Kremlin, refused to impose sanctions against Russia, and declined to send offensive weaponry to Ukraine. So we'll say yeah. at least at least that place that site I pulled up. Yeah. So there's definitely some type of yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. There, there's like a. I, like I don't think they ever came out with a really strong no. rebuke towards when no. like Russia's uh, invasion or anything. Mm-hmm. They refused to like even yeah. like get involved. Speaking of far right presidents, okay, both of y'all probably saw this. Um, you, you know, I'm going towards. Was this the Netanyahu or the, no, 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 the Nayib Bukele? No, no, no. I saw something that was Biden's comments versus Trump's comments. Oh, I on, we won't even this. But, so, um, you know, uh, one of the people we always talk about that inspires us a lot, um, uh, Urban McManus, he just yesterday got to, really cool moment, got to go uh, to his homeland, the place of his birth, I saw that. El Salvador, meet with the president. I saw that. Cool. And just beautiful moment. Um, but his son um, uh, reposted a post by President Nayib Bukele of El Salvador, and I just thought this was fascinating. I just wanted to read this. He said, um, this is the president of El Salvador. As a Salvadoran with Palestinian ancestry, I'm sure the best thing that could happen to the Palestinian people is for Hamas to completely disappear. Those savage beasts do not represent the Palestinians. Anyone who supports the Palestinian cause would make a great mistake siding with those criminals. It would be like if Salvadorans would have sided with MS-13 terrorists just because we share ancestors or nationality. The best thing that happened to us as a nation was to get rid of those rapists and murders and let the good people thrive. Yeah. And the Palestinians should do the same. Wow. That's good. Well said. Very well Well said. said. I I think – you know, I, one, of the, one of the last things I'll just say, and we probably could wrap this up, but mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I've been challenged with, you know, just when I think about is like, how do I pray for even this? Because I feel like I can't do anything in really in this, but I want to, mm-hmm. you know, pray. Yeah. And I was this morning, like, you know, I just, I pray for the safe return for the people that are there. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I want to pray for, I pray for a peaceful resolution. I don't know that there will be one, yeah. but you know, it's, um, it's just, it's really hard when you look at a situation like this and you have a lot of emotions and feelings yes. that come in. But then yeah. I also still try to mm-hmm. remember that, you know, as much as, you know, you, you see the reports of what Hamas is doing. Um, I also still, for some mm-hmm. reason, I just always have in the back of my mind, I just can imagine Jesus also saying yeah. things like, Hey, pray for your enemies. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't want to pray for my enemies. I want more. God smite these enemies, you know, is what you kind of naturally because your emotions. And so I, I think it's, I think it's um, important to remember to like, to have a perspective where it's like, I can care deeply for what's happening in mm-hmm. Israel and even feel like I want to support Israel mm-hmm. in this, in the way this attack is going on and, and pray for the people of Israel. And like I said, I've, my wife's parents are there. I've been there. You've been there. You meet people from there. You mm-hmm. just 
you have a deep connection or an affinity, especially because of my faith yeah. with mm-hmm. Israel. And so every part of me just wants to almost like mm-hmm. take a side where, again, I want to go back to like at the end of the day, I want to make sure that I'm not only praying for Israel, praying for the safe return of those that are abducted, mm-hmm. praying for, I was just praying for peace. I can imagine, like I was reading some stories of like a guy who was, there was a, a guy, this was near Ashkelon or one of those places that he was uh, on the other side of Israel visiting his mom, something else, whatever, when he is literally getting updates and reports on Saturday when it's happening to the neighbors or people telling him that his wife and two daughters, they're like three and two or four or something like that, were abducted mm-hmm. and taken. Mm-hmm. And I just can't, I just cannot mm-hmm. imagine yeah. as a father yeah. and has had daughters, no. like I just... I think that's the thing. I just really mm-hmm. try to, that's empathy. I really try to sit in that and go, gosh, I just feel so bad to hear that story. And so I just, mm-hmm. I want to pray for that. But also think about the situation the Palestinians are in mm-hmm. that don't want this. Yeah. Like that president said, that don't want Hamas, but they don't have any control because it is the most powerful group running mm-hmm. the country. It. And, and yeah. there's been already 2,000 plus people killed between mm-hmm. both sides, more yeah. than that, 2,300 last I heard, 1,200 some in Israel, and 1,000 in Palestine, and it's, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure, going up every minute. Yeah, I and found so myself... I just, um, I'm just really trying to process how do I pray for this situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I this morning I realized, I had said some prayers, but I realized I was like, I've stewed more on this and yeah. consumed more news on this and yeah. been frustrated about this more than I've actually prayed. So this morning, honestly, is I think the first time I actually took some time to pray, like yeah. you, for the hostages, yeah. for the families who've already lost, for some sort of, as impossible as it sounds, de-escalation yeah. and resolution for Israel and Palestine, for those people. But then, yes, it's funny you said that. I thought about, and I mean, I know it's, it, you can only take the comparison so far, but I thought about the terrorist Saul mm. who became Paul mm. and thought to myself, God, I don't ever get to the point where I don't think that you specialize yeah. in taking the worst of the worst and doing Turn something. Them around, yeah. And so I, I started praying peace for Israel, peace for Palestine, and repentance mm. um, and revival to hit the worst. I found worst. myself wanting to pray mm. for peace and justice. Yeah, yes. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. and sometimes you just feel like there's like, are these at odds with each other? <laughs> it's like, okay, I want you want there. I think in an earthly world, I want there to be justice when yes. I see about those atrocities. I'm like, you know, yeah. But at the same time, I I really do just for the sake of all I, the military. I think the, it's okay to the, pray for it, both. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I just want peace to be in that. I don't know what that looks like. There has been peaceful resolutions before. There was two yeah. years ago in conflict that it it didn't solve anything, but it stopped, but the, it stopped the, the fight. The, the immediate fight yeah. and yeah. the atrocities happening. So I just thought maybe too. I know we don't normally do this. Just even as we end this. I thought it'd be okay. Maybe we just take a moment and just pray. Yeah, yeah. It's be, I'll just, I'll just say, I just wanted to say a prayer. Like I yeah. know we don't normally do that on, our, on the podcast, but mm-hmm. it just is so heavy. Yeah, I yeah. think right now, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, it's just everything in the everything today in social media in the U.S. is all just about putting out some kind of post. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, I'm kind of over that. Yeah, like I understand there's the idea of talking about it. That's why. We didn't put a post out, but I said something, and we prayed about it as a church on Sunday morning. Yeah. And you know, we're and talking, now we are we're talking about it here. And I did put out a post just to call people to prayer because if there's anything mm-hmm. I can do on this side, is I can, yeah. I can ask a God that I believe in, who is the God, whether or not they receive it or not, of both the Jews and the Arabs, yeah, mm-hmm. of the Palestinians and the people of Israel, mm-hmm. to to um, to intervene. Mm-hmm. And so let's just. If we can, we're just going to take a moment. Let me just pray for us and for the situation. Father, we come to you 
just with heavy hearts over the things that we've heard and seen happening over in Israel. God, we pray it's some way, God, for a de-escalation to happen in the Middle yes, East, God. Lord. Just pray for peace. And God, at the same time, there's a lot part of my, there's a part of me that wants justice as well mm -hmm. for the, the people that have been brutally attacked. And so God, it's a complicated situation to us. It's probably not that complicated to you. And God, we just pray. We pray for the hostages that are right now just experiencing mm -hmm. terror. Mm -hmm. um, God, I pray for a change of heart for the cap for the captors, mm -hmm. the ones who have them, mm -hmm. the ones that are holding them. I, I just pray, God, you would you would release the, them. I just pray, God, there even if there's a way, Father, to go in and get them, but to to re return them to their families. Mm -hmm. God, I pray for those who have already lost family members that have been attacked and, and just brutalized. Uh, I just pray, God, my heart grieves with mm. them. We mm. grieve with them. We mourn with them. God, I pray that you would comfort them in this time the only way that you can. Mm -hmm. I pray, God, that you don't, that you would help not like more hatred and bitterness to, to root in their hearts, but God, find that they would find a way to even forgive and be able to heal. Um, Lord, I just think this is a, a massive national conflict mm -hmm. that the, the roots run deep, but mm -hmm. at the heart of it, God, there is just sin in humanity mm -hmm. and a brokenness in humanity. And so, God, we ask for your intervention mm -hmm. in this situation. I pray for the Palestinian citizens that are mm -hmm. in harm's way, the Israeli citizens in our harm's way, the conflict in the north part of Israel. God, we just we ask for you to do something. Mm -hmm. We ask for you to step in. God, we need we need you to show up in this moment. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Mm. A little heavy, but yeah, it's a it's a heavy situation going on in our world. It and is. I think we just wanted to. I think part of what we wanted to do at this table is what we kind of use this for is to process it, to talk yep. about mm -hmm. it. To, I think it's good for us to do that, mm -hmm. but also a reminder for us: this is if we have if you have faith to like this, this yeah. is the time to lean on your faith and to ask yep. God to step in and do things. Yeah, okay. and and we've said it throughout this podcast, but just in closing, to be clear, um, we extend compassion mm -hmm. in our hearts to the Israeli people being yeah. affected. We extend compassion in our hearts to the Palestinian being people being affected, and we just unequivocally denounce yeah. all violence and evil mm -hmm. um, and the actions of Hamas. And yeah. we are praying. Like you said, it's so complicated to us, not to God. And we're just praying God's, it sounds kind of religious to say, God, let your kingdom come. Mm -hmm. Right. Let, you, let, let what would happen in heaven come down yeah. and rule and heal and um, change yeah. what's happening here. And uh, however this is hitting you, um, if you're a person of faith, we encourage you to pray. Yeah. Yep. And whatever you do, whoever you're talking to, just never underestimate the power of meaningful dialogue yeah. and uh, thinking through these things carefully and with uh, humanity in mind. And I uh, hope you have the great rest of the week. Send us your thoughts, questions, comments, rate, review, subscribe. Until next week. Hey, wait. We'll, yeah. Can I just give a little teaser of what we Ooh. want to talk about coming up? Yes. I just, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. There's so much talk of what is happening in the Middle East as the precursor or the beginning of the end times mm -hmm. like yeah. there's so there's a there's a lot i think it's just really heightened mm -hmm. right now 
Yeah. Um, and so we thought it could be interesting mm-hmm. if we take what's happening there now and let's talk about it in the um, in the perspective or under the broad context of end times. End times. End times eschatology. Will Zach be bringing the blood moon charts? I, I've got them all. Oh, you got them all. Gosh. Okay. So anyway, so I don't know that we'll do that next week. We might, but I'm just saying like it's coming soon. We're going to talk about that. So if people have any thoughts or questions on it, they right. can let us know. Go ahead and let us know. Um, does Zach know the date of the return of Christ? Because he says not. he does. Uh, wow. To be revealed. To be, to be revealed. All, All right. right. All right. Until next week, we will see you then.